Welcome to Two Harmless Randos with your hosts, Christine and Mary. You know, another word that we hear a lot now is, you know, manifesting, like manifestation. So what do you think the connection is between creativity, imagination, manifesting, intuition, kind of falls outside the conventional definition of, you know, producing something like artistic work? When I think of manifesting, I think of two aspects. One aspect is creating expectations in your mind, the whole cognitive aspect, kind of focusing your attention on something, which helps people to achieve goals. Um, along with the spiritual side, you said we we are creative creatures. We're, I think our purpose in this world is to come in and create, because otherwise, why are we here? And we definitely see that every day that people do create in, in various ways. So, and so on the spiritual side, I will get a little, I'll get a little woo-woo here. Um, there is this creative energy that flows through everything and all the ancient um, schools of wisdom, like uh, Vedic, Vedic medicine and um, ancient Eastern philosophies just talk about this universal energy that runs through everything, prana, chi, ki as in Reiki which also seems to coincide with this idea of the connection of particles and particles to waves, you know, from, from wave to substance. Um, Richard Baum, I may have talked about him before. I was actually looking into this. He worked um, with Einstein and he also worked with Krishnamurti, who is um, an amazing Indian scholar and, and mystic to try to formulate his ideas, but he died before they were fully formed. But this idea that there is this uh, substance or energy that runs through all things. And I think when we concentrate on it, we could get an idea of what we want to create. And that also works on the, the energy around us and that flows through everything to help bring that into form. So, um, yeah, again, it sounds kind of out there, but you just see it happen over and over again when you hear people's stories of how they've achieved incredible things. Usually it's because they have um, a very clear picture in their mind of what they want to create or what they want to accomplish. And they put all their energy and all their intention into it. And things often fall into place. You hear these interviews with people who've accomplished amazing things and they often say, well, I was just really lucky. And, and maybe that's part of it. But maybe it's also that because their intention for what they wanted to create was so strong that they were um, either enabling it to happen or just their eyes were open in a way that other people's wouldn't be to these little opportunities that took them step by step toward what they wanted to manifest. So I think all those things kind of come into play um, with real manifestation. And I actually am just finishing reading um, Sonia Choquette's book, um, Your Heart's Desire, where she talks about all these different aspects of it and um, the kinds of steps that anyone can take to prepare themselves to manifest. 
because I think she talks about this too. We were kind of talking about this earlier, this idea that a lot of times people don't feel they're creative because they have this idea in their head that they aren't. And so I think a lot of times um, people don't achieve what they want because on some level they think it's impossible or that they're not worthy or that they're not capable. And, um, and I know there are, there are realistic limitations in the world. I'm not saying that I'm not like, it's not like the secret where you just make your vision. It comes true. That was, that was one of those kind of trendy things that got at some good ideas, but they just didn't quite get it and left out of a lot of really important things, a lot of really important aspects of it. Like, and they had a few people um, in that, in that movie and in the book that, brought in these other ideas, the science and the true spirituality, but they didn't quite get there. Um, <laughs> so I've heard Sonia Choquette say imagination and uh, creativity are twins. Yeah. Yeah. And when you think about all the amazing things that humanity has invented, created like airplanes, spaceships, computers, on and on and on, they all started with someone's imagination. I was just thinking that everything I'm looking at, right? My, my computer, my monitor, my iPhone, this pen, all existed in someone's mind first. Right, right. And as a kid, again, as a kid, or even as a grown up, you don't always think about that, that they didn't just exist always. <laughs> Certainly, there was a time when it was just amoebas on this planet. <laughs> in, in coaching, when we're working with clients to imagine their or create the next phase of their life or create their heart's desire. You know, you always hear that expression. If you can dream it, you know, you can be it, but the opposite is true. If you, if you can't imagine it, it's, and I like what you said too. When, when, one of the things, when you imagine things and you picture it and you hold it in your mind, you are going to start to get that, I don't know, would that fall into the category of confirmation bias? You start to see the things you're looking for too, in right. addition to bringing them in. Right. Yeah. And opportunities present themselves, whether by serendipity or because you're paying attention. <laughs> yeah. 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 So if we're all creative and we're probably doing something creative many times during the day and not realizing it. What do you think you've done today that's creative? Um, recording a podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, creative. I would say made some new connections with people and um, shared ideas for sure. Um, you put me on the spot here. Oh, sorry. Sorry. That's okay. Sorry, am I asking tough questions? My, 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 my two Barbara Walters today? <laughs> no, not at all. How about you? What have you done today? I know. I was actually thinking I shouldn't have asked that question before I thought about my own answer because she's going to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> so today I, so I extended my fence in my backyard. So now I have this really long backyard and there's just this, as I look out my door, the back corner is just bare. It's just grass and fence. So I want to create a little corner garden. So today I went to the garden store and I started getting ideas, taking pictures of different plants so I can come home and start to imagine which plants I would put where and sort of like a first draft. And then I'm going to 
go look at another store tomorrow because I didn't have all the hydrangeas I wanted. So I think that was an aspect of my creativity. There's nothing there. I'm going to create something from nothing. Um, And I'm going to get input. You know, I'm going to look online or at Pinterest, you know, Mm -hmm. backyard, small gardens. But eventually it will be mine. I won't end up copying anything exactly. Okay. Well, that's super creative. I'll create it. I'm trying to think of any sort of non-traditional definitions of creativity that I might have done today. Okay. Oh, I thought of something. Um, a friend, a friend of mine um, mentioned this event that's happening in New York in a couple of weeks. Uh, a mutual friend of ours is doing a screening of one of his films and the theme is Scotland. And she said that uh, people are going and they're dressing up. So that gave me the inspiration to um, try to think of how to do something like cocktail attire that has a kind of Scottish flair. (laughs) So, yeah, I actually spent some time today just envisioning what kind of fun outfit I could wear that wasn't wasn't offensively <laughs> stealing from like Scottish culture, appropriating Scottish culture. Don't appropriate Scottish culture. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they've they've been through that's one of those cultures that was um seriously oppressed and harmed mm-hmm. by colonialism. And weren't allowed like, to wear their right, their right. And speak their language, all that. So so I do have a sensitivity f- to that. Um, but I also want to honor it. So I was trying to figure like, what could I wear that would be fun, festive, cocktail-y and hint at it without like, again, being <laughs> like over the top. So that's kind of fun to think that way and then envision what I would wear. I was even thinking um, like, sometimes I feel creative when like I'm stuck somewhere and I just don't see a way to make something work like my schedule. And then I just have this, like, it feels like inspiration where I move one thing and then some like, Oh, if I move that, then I can do this Monday and this Tuesday. I think that's creativity. Mm -hmm. And I used to experience that in my classroom where I just thought, Oh, this is just the best way to have the tables. This is just the only way. And then one day I'd move like one table and it like all these options would unlock themselves. And I would just see things in a whole new way. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I like this challenge of how, how are we creative, but not in the uh, traditional sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, was, uh, I visited with my second grade teacher the other day. She's a friend and she was talking about her approach to science in her second grade class. When, when I was little, I remember this. Um, yeah. She would start with a pumpkin <laughs> and then um, teach us about like, like, you know, just to notice like the texture, the color on the outside, the shape. And then we'd open it up and scoop out the seeds and then dry them out and cook most of them, make roasted pumpkin seeds, Mm. but also hold some aside to grow and make little pumpkin sprouts, um, you know, that people could take home and plant. Um, But she also would make pumpkin bread out of the flesh and uh, so just showing all the different uses or aspects of a pumpkin's life cycle. Mm. And so I thought that was so creative. Um, and she was also saying, and 
I don't necessarily remember this, but she said that whenever the kids got into the afternoon when they started to get antsy or tired, she'd just have everyone get up and have like a three minute dance party. Mm. Always got everyone back on track <laughs> or back in the day, she would take them for a walk because there were fields next to the school that led down to the beach. So it sounds like, it sounds, sounds like you're saying part of the reason we would label her work as creative is because it was not common. It was sort of unconventional to teach science that way or. Right. Right. And she said she got some questions from the head of science for the department of of the what is the board school board because he didn't know what she was doing or didn't like get what she was doing which is interesting because it was not according to what the test would have on it yeah i think creativity can sneak into our everyday life just when we have to problem solve and you can even look at really exploded examples of that like the Apollo 13, was it Apollo 13 mission, mission, where they had to use what they had to get themselves back to earth, right? Extreme creativity and problem solving. Right, the whole premise of MacGyver. Yeah, although that would sort of um, contradict what we thought about stress affecting. So maybe there's another effect of stress affecting your creativity. Yeah. Maybe there's a, a, a threshold for the stress. Yeah. And they say, what is it? Necessity is the mother of invention. Mm. So necessity definitely can happen in stressful times. Um, you hear about, oh, yeah. Um, several years ago, there was this exhibit at the Renwick Gallery in D.C. on the art of gaman, mm. which in Japanese means like kind of keeping a stiff upper lip. Mm. And it was all this art and poetry created by people in the internment camps. And so just out of, um, they, they found like little scraps of paper or little bits of cloth from clothes that wore out, um, little bits of wood that have, that were left over from when they were, um, trying to repair the barracks. They were in just every, all these weird scraps and they turn them into really incredibly beautiful pieces. Um, cause a lot of people were artisans and, um, and some weren't, and the, uh, but they they used what what spare time they had and what spare materials they had to create beautiful things because that was a way of surviving and um, a way of keeping a stiff upper lip. They kind of I think process their grief through their art, and it was a beautiful exhibit. Um, there is this amazing museum in Pennsylvania on the New Jersey border, so not too far from you, um, at a museum. It was the home of this architect and artist, George Nakashima. And he had actually studied architecture, I think under Frank Lloyd Wright, then went off to London um, to work as an architect and then came home. It was during World War II and got put in an internment camp. Hmm. And he, while he was there, he met an older man who was this master woodworker who taught him that um, method of creating like joints, jointed woodwork. I forget what it's called, but there's this technique where um, you'll see the actual joints in the pattern of the wood. So hmm. he created the most beautiful tables and chairs and dressers and 
um, and also buildings based on his architectural training, plus this amazing, beautiful um, technique that this man had taught him essentially in prison. And um, some of his pieces are on exhibit at the Metropolitan Museum. If you ever want to go look at them or even sit on them, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> and his museum, his house and museum in um, Pennsylvania is just exquisite. Like he, um, there's a dining room based on a design he had created for one of the Rockefellers. So it combines simple Japanese design and that, that beautiful woodwork with uh, more like classic early 20th century fabric patterns and stuff. So he, he took all these different experiences and put them together in something completely unique and beautiful. And mm. yeah. Sounds wonderful. I would like to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing that just makes me realize again how important it is to have that broader definition of creativity, a more inclusive definition of it so that people realize it's possible for all of us to live a creative life and that we're, we're all the creative type. Yeah. 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 I think it's in all of us and we just have to remember that. And that's a really interesting point that, that what makes us human is our creativity. And that reminds me of an article I read yesterday uh, about this guy who received the Sony world photography award and he refused the reward, the, uh, yeah, the award, because apparently his photograph was created through AI, using AI. Mm. And apparently he had had a conversation with the judges beforehand saying that he would be using AI, but he didn't say to the extent that he ended up using it, which was completely, it was completely AI generated, but it was so convincing the judges didn't realize that a human didn't create it, which opens up a whole new other level of like, what is creativity? Um, and I guess the interesting thing about AI is that it gets trained on existing examples of art, music, words that humans created. It's just putting it together in new ways, just like a human would. Yeah. Well, my mind's sort of blown by that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is, is this the next frontier of creativity? Yeah. And it's here. Um, I've seen some beautiful examples of pieces that people have created using AI, but interestingly, AI at this point anyway, doesn't generate its own art, its own literature, its own music. Mm. Humans have to give it prompts. So it's coming from the human imagination, what they want to create, and then they're handing it over to a machine to create it. Um, just as Leonardo da Vinci would hand over his backgrounds to his apprentices, I suppose. <laughs> the AI is just um, another way to help us express what's inside of us. That's what I think, yeah. Based on generations of humans before. Hmm. On that note. <laughs> yeah. On that cheery note about robots taking over. I mean, the irony is humans created the AI that is now helping us create. So it's still creation. Yeah. Yes, yeah. 
it's another tool for creating. I think it's probably pretty good. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Two Harmless Randos. You can check out our show notes for more info on the topics we discussed today. If you like the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can rate, review, subscribe, or do all three anywhere that you listen to podcasts.